0: a walk in my stilettos where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host McKinney Smith. Today we have a special guest on the show. She has a passion and a purpose in the personal, professional, and spiritual development of people She's moved from projects to PhD. She's the CEO of Dr. Kimberly Ellison Global, LLC, founder of House of Ruth Jewels, Inc., Gemstones and Gentleman Program, Corporate. Jewel Professional Women and Sparkle Publishing. And she is also the voice of Wow Winning on Wednesdays, a live radio segment on the Jermaine Simpson on KHVN 970 AM. Please welcome Dr. Kimberly Ellison. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Oh, thank you uh, for being you. on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. You know, I, I always I always look at all of the titles that we have as women. So I like to start the show by asking you, what does your name mean? You know, um, honestly, McKinney,
1: my mother, it's so funny because I feel like I got the best name out of all my siblings. <laughs> 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 it's because... <laughs> You know, and so um, it was Kimberly, and so from what I never asked my mom like, what what does it mean? And she's just a a a true country girl, you know, and she's just like, "Um, you know what? It's just Kimberly, honey. I thought it was cute, but I always tell people the first diamond was found in Kimberly, Africa,
2: Mm -hmm. and so
1: I always liken it to uh, the diamond that uh, was found in, in, you know, in Africa, in Kimberly, Africa, and really taking a look at. I always say this sparkle cost me something. And so not knowing that that name was actually the first place where diamonds were found. So my name really, my mom just named me, but I can claim it to the first diamond that was found in Kimberly, Africa.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. So. Okay. 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 Um, you know, like I said before, like, as women, we have all these titles and I, I feel like our names have uh, significance to, you know, the people that we become because our name is a title, Right. Um, and even as you said that explanation I was like let me google this so online it says the name Kimberly is an English baby name and in English the meaning is from the wood to hold on from the wood of the royal forest mm. hmm. I like that too that
2: was-
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's got royalty in there it's
1: good <laughs> yes a royal forest Yes, I love it. I love it. So I take that too. But know yeah, what I love my name. It's The funny thing is, people always shorten Kimberly, and mm-hmm. I always tell people, my name is Kimberly. And you would not believe, McKinney, the people that get offended because i like my mother named me Kimberly. It's I say it as Kimberly. I write it as Kimberly.
0: And mm-hmm. people always
1: shorten it, and they always say Kim, and always say, you don't know, no, it's Kimberly, and like they literally get offended. And so um, I do. I, I actually think that your main name does mean something, and I happen um, to like my name, and I, I use the full name, Kimberly. And so um, it's funny you started out with that because that's actually one of the things I always tell people. You know, don't allow people to just shorten um, your name and things that you really hold true, and, and that's a part of what my identity, and I just really like um, being called Kimberly.
0: Yes. And I, you know, I think it's odd that other people get offended, you know, when you ask Mm -hmm. them to call you by your full name. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yes. Something so small, but people really,
1: um, they do, they really take offense in some regard. And I understand sometimes when you shorten it, it's a term of endearment,
2: Mm -hmm. Um, but
1: that's also a place where um, we have become very comfortable with each other where we automatically assume that we have that level of comfort and we have to know that, um, you know, if you, I don't call you, you know, Hey Mac, you know, like that's just not um, something that I need, I need to be able to do and ask you if that's okay. Mm -hmm. Not just automatically own that space in your life. So,
0: yeah. Right. 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 Because my, my family calls me Mac and you know, sometimes when, you know, someone that I don't know very well shortens my name and calls me Mac. I'm kind of thrown off. I'm like, "That's what my family calls me. You don't know me like that."
2: <laughs> yeah, it's if you have
1: some skin in the game to call you Mac, you know. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Okay. So I read that you have been teaching since the age of six. Is that correct? <laughs> that is absolutely. Correct. <laughs> okay. So when did you discover your purpose?
1: Okay. The funny thing is, I'll. I've been teaching since I was six years old, and I knew that teaching was a part of my DNA. And um, I knew that when I was about in kindergarten. And I always tell the story on how when I would come home from school, um, you know, we'd go to school, we'd come home, and we'd go back. Well, here um, in the U.S., we have summertime where kids, you don't go to school year-round, or not back then, you didn't. And so summertime had come, and my mother was like, well, honey, you don't go to school tomorrow. You, you'll go back in a couple of months. And it literally broke my heart. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and so, uh, I actually started to take, we call them, um, wood knots or figurines. And so, when you put them on, like, the coffee table or your place settings where you would have decoration, um, in your house. And so, I would pull all of my mother's inanimate objects to the front and I would sit down, notebook in hand, pen, and I would teach them. And I was teaching these objects, um, And that couldn't talk back. And I had full classes and lessons for them. And I remember um, thinking now when I think back then that I truly enjoyed it. Like that was what I got up every day to do um, for summer. I didn't go outside in the morning and try to go play with the other kids or turn on the television or watch cartoons. I had class and I was Mm -hmm. teaching um, subjects that I didn't know about at an early age and I was acting like I was the teacher and facilitating to these objects who couldn't speak back yet it was so meaningful Mm -hmm. and so my mom would always remind me that I was I've been teaching from her like coffee table since the age of six and so I knew then that there was something I've always had um, a desire to McKinney teach even when I read um, I always thinking about how can I digest this so that others can um, grow from this and glean from that place of knowledge. And so I didn't know how to accept that, though. Um, I thought, I was like, well, what's wrong with me? Like, I literally thought something was wrong with me because I cannot, I can go to an event and the first thing I would think of is when something is so um, life-changing for me is how can I share this with another person? How can I get this information? If I hear a YouTube, if I, it was always, information sharing, changing someone's life by the messages that I'm receiving or I'm learning. And so I had a mentor who um, I talked with and she said, no, honey, that is a gift and everybody does not have that. that's right. And so that's when I started to accept like, oh, wow, this is not just me being, you know, a little weird. It's more so it's a gift that's bubbling on the inside of me. So I've Mm -hmm. known that since childhood and as I've gotten older, I'm, it, it, it has become a gift, but also um, with the world of social media, it can be a curse as well. So I've been knowing that since about kindergarten.
0: Wow. Yeah. I, I, I think that's beautiful because, I mean, we have people our age in their, you know, 30s, 40s, and what have you that still feel like they don't know what their purpose is. So I mm-hmm. think that's, that's beautiful that you've known that from, from such a young age.
1: And you know so, what? I always say, if you go back to the beginning... If you go reflect, your purpose has been there um, right. since the beginnings of time. And we just, we don't look at it as purpose. We look at it, um, you know, as women, I, I've encountered several women on the course of the journey God has given me to be able to be a part of so many women's destiny plans. And um, they would say, I just want to know what my purpose is, because we've been taught that it's something that, um, it, it, it's this big grand thing that's going to fall out of the sky or you're going to run into purpose you are always becoming a part of your purpose and Mm -hmm. if you really take a look at it your purpose is who you are it's innately in you and that thing that um, pulls people to you and people come to you for the thing that you draw that um, actually you try to express um, others in becoming is what your purpose is
0: Yes, I, you know, when I'm I'm working with my clients, one thing I I do first is to get them to go back to when they were young, when they were little, what did they want to do? Who did they want to be at that point? Uh Because when they were free to use their imagination, they weren't limited by what other people thought or what other people said. And if you take a look back that far before, you know, all of the the viruses of what people have to say and, and their limitations that's when people discover they actually wanted to do such and such from, from they were mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm.
1: I agree. I even think um, I I was sharing the other day in social media that uh, at one point I looked in the mirror and I actually saw myself as a woman God um, showed me in my dreams when I was a little girl. And I didn't realize that it just—it wasn't just my creative imagination, but it was him giving me a glimpse of my destiny
2: mm-hmm. and him
1: showing me who I would become um, in him and what I could be through him. And so uh, your creative imagination is actually what fuels the dreams, it fuels the vision um, of your destiny. So it's, when you say that, it speaks volumes and having your clients go back to that place um, is really where we start to become who we are, who we were created to be is in our imagination. We start to see ourselves um, in our future. And so that's God showing us a glimpse of what's before us, even though we're in our current situation. So yeah, that imagination is a a deep resource. When you stop dreaming and we stop um, imagining uh, the possibilities, then we cut off part of our destiny.
0: That's right. That's right. Like the the imagination is like for the people that i work with that's the the basis of where we start uh when mm-hmm. we're looking at setting their big goals because oftentimes you know we we look at what we want to do but then the first thing people do is say i can't do this because or i can't you know i'm not ready to do this because because they're looking at their current circumstance but if you mm-hmm. go back into your imagination and you focus on the fantasy of the things that you would love to do if there were no obstacles in the way and then you bring that into okay am I actually able to do that? Is this possible? And am I, am I willing? So am I able and am I willing? And then that, Mm -hmm. that fantasy, that imagination thing becomes theory. And if you focus on it enough, it can become fact.
1: Right. I agree. I think, you know, when I share about vision, because I love um, um, just sharing about not just having a vision, casting a vision, but becoming the vision.
2: Mm -hmm. And when we do
1: that, McKinney, it comes from our belief. And so Just like you're sharing about the imagination, somewhere along the lines in our childhood, our experiences taught us um, to not believe what we see. It Mm -hmm. taught us not to dream because of the experiences that we had, whether it was environmental, parental, um, or relational, um, or experiential. It taught us not to believe in the imagination of our vision or what we see in our creative mind. And I always dig deep, and, we're, and, and for the ladies and gentlemen who would be listening, it would be more so about um, the belief system. I always say, what is it that you don't believe about yourself, mm-hmm. that your, your historical points taught you in your life, your experiences said, do not believe that um, because it's not true about you. And so it all starts with your belief system. When you start to dream and you have that imagination and a creative mind, um, I always ask God to help me with the divine creativity. Because divine creativity helps me see beyond sight into vision.
2: Right. That's
1: where um, my belief starts to be challenged. Like, how can you really um, become what you see? You know, and we we actually look for this this, um, someone to come save us. We often look for someone, if someone could just discover me, if someone could just, you know, um, get me on a platform or someone, well, newsflash. So mm. someone is
0: you. You, yes, that's, that's right, that's right.
1: And it starts with discipline. It starts with um, practical steps of your schedule, your time. And um, have you really introduced your vision to your time? Because that's where you get, they meet destiny. Mm-hmm. It's not um about being in the, in more so just in the, in the, so conceptual. It's more about how can you do it in a practical sense?
2: Mm-hmm. So when you
1: think about, imagination and your beliefs, now you have to, people say, well, write the vision and make it plain. Well, I tell people to write it out. So you can write the vision. I want to become a author. I want to become a speaker. I want to um, um, manifest uh, God's glory through the things that I'm doing in my job and my career. I want to be, so that's why you write that out. You write mm-hmm. it down, but when you write it out, you put together a practical and strategic plan um, on how you're going to accomplish those goals. And that includes your discipline. That includes coming against um, your belief system, redirecting your thoughts because um, you have to retrain your mind when you're going Definitely. to a
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: You
0: have to retrain your thinking. Definitely. I think for me, belief is everything because there was mm-hmm. a point in my life where I didn't believe things were possible, so they didn't happen. But when I opened up my mind to believe in who I am as a person and whose I am, um, everything changed for me. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. I, th- I think belief is extremely important. So, how, uh, okay, for you, how important is your level um, of faith in your success?
1: It is, um, you know, at the risk of sounding cliche, it is everything. I honestly cannot do business, corporate, career, profession without um, my belief system in, in God and just saying, okay, God, how are you leading and guiding me? Because I stick to what can keep us from moving out of our lane is knowing that we have a Jeremiah 29 and 11. And I know people quote that scripture, and sometimes when you have a scripture that is an affirmation or something that people um, say constantly, it starts to lose its power, but when you really think about um, Jeremiah 29 11, when Lord says he knows he has the plans for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans of a hope and a future, that means you have been pre selected, pre qualified, pre ordained, you have um, already been given everything that you need to accomplish the journey to accomplish your destiny. Now with that I am going to face challenges. I'm going to go through processes. There will be setbacks. There will be obstacles and learning moments, things, times when I get things wrong. There'll be times when I feel inadequate and there'll be times when I'm trying to compare what I'm doing to someone else's, you know, journey. However, you go back to the Jeremiah 29 and 11 and you say, well, God, you know, I know that you have a pre-cut plan for my life and I know that it is the best for my life What does that look like? How do I discover that?
2: Mm -hmm. And that's
1: through him. And I always say, when you go to the source, you can now get the resources um, Mm -hmm. that you need to accomplish your destiny. It is everything to me. I don't want to do anything without God's um, confirming blessing, and that's his anointing. Mm -hmm. People say, well, the anointing was high, but it's really God's confirmation. The word God says, where his his favor is, that's his confirming hand. So when God puts favor on you in a certain situation, for example, um, my aspiration for corporate and working in the workplace was to be, you know, an executive at, in, in, in a um, chief learning officer role. And the years I would go through in, um, in the workplace, I was climbing this ladder and I would always find myself in a state of opposition. And I would find it in a place where I'm performing well I have great relationships, um, but I could not find a great mentor. For some reason, people would always think, they would say, oh, you'll be fine because you're strong. Oh, you're good. You have what it takes. Um, Didn't know why. Didn't understand it. Mm -hmm. I would always come up against leaders in the workplace who um, I supported. They were uh, great in the workplace. However, when it came time for a promotion for me, they would present a stumbling block or an opposition for me being promoted. Not sure why, and as I would overcome some of those challenges, I would keep in my my, my, my memory bank, and I call it my jewel box, on what tools and skills that I had to um, pull from to overcome those things. And that's how Corporate Jewel was birthed. Corporate Jewel was birthed out of a place of pain. And it was birthed from, how do I now show um, women who are kingdom-minded, who are believers and women of faith? that you can actually have success in the workplace and even in your business without compromising your Christian character and integrity. What mm-hmm. you have to do, though, is ask God to command your day, command your steps, and believe in your Proverbs 16 and 3. It says, commit your plans unto the Lord and he will establish them. And so that is committing everything that you do. And when I had to, honestly, I had to, and this is this is true for, for the women that will be listening, uh, McKinna, this is so true. I always ask. Because I had to ask myself this, what if your desire and your dream is not God's will for your life? Mm. And that was a hard pill to swallow for me because it gives me chills even now because when you say, Lord, I I want to um, um, be in a particular dimension to reign for your glory, like bring your glory into the workplace, bring your glory into the entertainment Industry or bring your glory into the world uh, for women to be transformed or people's lives to be transformed, then it doesn't mean, when you say yes to be used, it doesn't mean he's going to use your dream to do it. Right,
2: right, right. And so that
1: was a tough spot for me because I actually literally could see myself giving up my desire, my my executive um, (laughs) corporate, you know, um, dreams, For His glory, and what the Lord told me literally was, is that the best you think I can do for you. Mm. And so, it all goes to my belief drives everything. Whether it is how I am as a mother, um, as a wife, in the workplace, in business, Um, it's programs that I do not roll out. I have these programs for years. People don't believe me. I'm like, literally, um, I do not roll out it unless I have that full confirming blessing of god to say this is it i don't care how much money it'll make i don't care how much strategy i have assigned to it if i don't get the full confirmation of this is the season this is the place because that's where you get the blessing right you can well, you can do the right thing at the wrong time Long
0: time yeah
1: mm-hmm. yeah and and you can also do um the right thing at the right time with the wrong people
2: right Right. So you
1: just have to be led And so my belief system and who God is and my life drives everything um, that I do.
0: I, th- I think that's important. Um, when I was uh, running in our provincial election this year, I had a uh, constituent basically write on my social media that she will never vote for me because I talk about God too much. And she's an atheist. And at first, I wasn't even going to respond because, you know, you have the right to believe whatever you choose to believe. And I had, you know, a few supporters basically in my defense kept responding to her. And then I said, you know what, let me explain something to her so that other people can also understand. Although, you know, I don't need to explain myself to anyone. But I said to her, regardless, if I talk about it openly in any form of business that I do or not. That does not change my belief in God. So uh-huh. even if I didn't speak of God so openly on my social media, that has nothing that like that will not change how I perform in any form of business. That's that it. does not my belief in God is not going to change. So whether you choose to vote for me or not, that is totally on you.
1: That's it. I think that goes to um my messaging. And I always say is what my signature is to be able to um help women and individuals utilize kingdom principles in um workplace or in practical settings and and how do we do that well, before I even get there, I've already manifested what's going to happen in my day um mm-hmm. through my word so i've already um I'm already covered and asked God to to uh, manifest my day in a way that's according to his purpose and will for my life allow my decisions to be something that are aligned with his will, allow my responses to be reflective of his image of who I am, and allow the Holy Spirit to take complete control over everything when I walk in the room. And so even, and this is what I teach when we're talking about transforming kingdom principles into those practical um, places, is that who I am um, and what I do is one and the same. Mm-hmm. I work in this environment. I own this type of business, but that's what I do. Who I am is a woman that believes in God in such a way that I know my destiny is aligned with His purpose for right. my life. So I go in already, whether you see me or not. I've already prayed. Whether you you know whether I mention um, a scripture or not, that is what drives um, my outcome. Mm-hmm. So that is what which what I try to really employ and to, to women and to individuals is that you do not um sit down on uh, your face for a job or a career or a business transaction. That's your strongest uh uh skill set. That's your mm-hmm. strongest competency. That's the strongest part of who you are. Because when the business goes wrong, when the when the um, campaign trail gets tough, when you know, what do you then have to draw from that's greater right.
0: than you? right exactly because <laughs> that that was that was exactly how it was for me when things got hard it was my faith in god that kept me going because that was not uh an an easy uh task so okay i have a, i have a question for you because um you know i definitely believe in collaboration over competition and that's how we met based on <clears throat> Uh, your collaboration um, efforts, so can you speak to the importance of collaborations in business? like I see that you work um, you know with a team of women and i I love to see the sisterhood. so how essential has that been in building a business?
1: you know collaboration is critical it is very key. One thing I would say from a practical perspective is to know um, where you people say no you're laying no you're but I say no you're calling know um, your strengths, and know where you are effective in your environment and effective in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. When you know what you have been called or assigned to do, or you know the strengths that you have, then you know that you're, what position you'll play on that team. Right. And so you have to be able to know your utility and usefulness uh, for the team that you're collaborating with. I say that because there will always be opposition because we are human, we are fallible, so therefore we are imperfect, so there are going to be challenges, right? So in that, if you know your strength, if you know where you're, what position you play, you don't see a wide receiver trying to be a quarterback, you know? <laughs> um, so you have to know what position and where you are most effective for the team. And if you remain um, true to the calling and true to the position in which you've been assigned – um, I think the effectiveness, I know the effectiveness comes from that.
2: Mm-hmm. What happens
1: with collaboration is when you begin to um, operate in the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. When you begin to take your eyes off of your position and start to focus on someone else's uh, positioning.
2: So why mm-hmm. could be
1: positioning uh, McKinney for another assignment, yet you feel that you should have that assignment. So when you are collaborating, there's a spirit of competition that can creep in if you're not careful. I always say that competition um, um, is the well, envy and admiration are first cousins. Mm. And in the same eye that you envy someone, you can admire them. It's only a slight turn um, of the eye in which you see the perspective you take that would turn envy into admiration or vice versa. Right. So you have to be very careful on how you see it. Um, most often when we collaborate, um, it can be a beautiful thing if again right people, right timing, um, and the right right season for you. When you do the right thing with the wrong people, it then turns collaboration then turns into competition.
2: Right. It then
1: turns into um uh petty. It turns into, you know, she took my platform stole my this. She took my idea. Um, and so what I believe and what I encourage other um, women to do is to always keep building from a divine creative perspective.
2: God mm-hmm. has so
1: much in you. There's a well so deep within all of us. We've not yet to discover everything about us. So when you do see someone who replicates or there is a spirit of competition rather than collaboration, I always go back to the root of this feeling Mm. and I'm always introspective first and so I would encourage us to in the spirit of collaboration always know that you you're calling your where you are um the strongest and what you add to the table what do you add to the team what do you bring and when you know that you should collaborate because you're not worried about outshining you know McKinney or outshining another um um or another woman or a team member because that's not your place. Right. And so I think collaboration is critical to business, it's critical to ministry, it's critical to doing life together, and it's critical to your Christian walk. Yes. And you have to have that collaboration. The thing is we have to be wise in doing it and check our motives. When you know a person's motives, your motives will drive your actions. Mm -hmm. So everything, what we have a tendency to do is overlook um, a person's motive and intent because of their popularity or because, and I always say, just because someone is popular doesn't mean that they operate um, in a place of integrity.
0: Facts. And
2: uh, (laughs) we
1: confuse confuse integrity with popularity and Mm -hmm. we confuse um, effectiveness with social media likes and following, and we have to be careful that we don't get caught up in what uh all all encompassing so that means well, if you're good at one thing, you must have great integrity,
2: or you no. will you know
1: so and so we will cast our pearls before swine, and we've not been given the obedience or the release to do so
2: mm-hmm.
1: so collaboration is critical I cannot do. Any of the things that I do without collaborating with um, my team, I don't have a big team. I have teams per assignment. And that's okay. one thing I want to share. Sometimes we try to hold on to the same team for different assignments, but God did not uh, assign those individuals from Team A to go with you to Team B.
2: Right. Or assign
1: B. So we have to learn to be um, flexible, uh, and also we have to learn to be agile in the spirit.
2: Mm.
1: And that means releasing our will for his will. Again, that is where we are agile. That's when you know God is leading, when we allow the agility, the spiritual agility to take place in who we are. And that is, okay, God, this, what happens, we'll get upset because individuals can no longer volunteer or can no longer serve in that capacity. But they did so well over the last year. Well, this is a new assignment. God has them going in a different direction and now you need to be praying for other, um, Aaron's to come alongside you as Moses, um, Aaron came alongside Moses. You need to pray for other Joshua's to come alongside you as they did Moses. You need to pray for other, you know, um, Naomi and Ruth and someone to go into you and back to your homeland. You need to pray for other um, team members to come alongside you in this season of the assignment. And that is what goes back to your belief driving your business, your workplace, your life as a mom. What season is this? Um, And that's where, can I just say this, McKinney, sometimes we get seasons mixed up with friendship. And, Friendship is a great thing. It is a relationship between two individuals who ideally share a commonality or common um, perspective, goal, or just genuine caring and love for each other. However,
0: when I move into my
1: season of um, of something different for a business venture, it does not mean I'm not your friend. It just means that the season has shifted. Now our relationship is shifting. Mm-hmm. I'm still your friend. I'm in a different season. You're in a different season. Well, we as women tend to think of it emotionally when we need to think of it spiritually and say, she's on assignment, I'm on assignment, we'll touch faces as we go and stay in prayer for one another, but we're not in the same season right now.
0: Right. Girl, you are preaching. Where can I place my offering? (laughs) thinking about all these other questions I was going to ask you, but you were just like preaching over here. <laughs> well, Thank my you. Heart. It's
1: truly, seriously, for us as women, I see it so much in the marketplace. Um, definitely in ministry, you know, I, I, in corporate um, world and the work world, when you think about, I'm like, people think corporate is hardcore. I say, wait until you start doing ministry.
2: Mm-hmm. and working in
1: the ministry marketplace um, and advancing your business, and then you will see that it is very challenging um, out here to remain um, an integrist and without coming off. Um, and, and it's hard for you to just say, you know what, I'm not going to um, give you a piece of my mind because I need all of it today mm-hmm. or I'm not going to
2: come out of
1: character or I'm not because we all can and it's difficult to continue to take the high road when there's so many people just stabbing you at every place. There's no longer stabbing you in the back anymore. People are stabbing you in the front. They're stabbing you on the mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm.
2: In every hand.
1: And so one of the things I caution myself, everything I speak on is a lesson. So right. what that means for me is that I, a lesson that I have learned or that God is dealing with me in and with. Using wisdom for the relationship.
2: Right.
1: And um, for us to begin to ask God for spiritual wisdom on the spirit that we're interacting with in business. Um, because we do want to, as women, be connected to other progressive and high achieving, kingdom minded women. But that does not mean that that high achieving, progressive, kingdom minded woman is for this season in your life. Right. And we can't get upset when the connection doesn't gel like we see it, because that's our desire and not God's desire.
0: God's. That's right. That's right.
1: And so we need to start having um, relationships that are kingdom relationships with a spiritual orientation of, is it the season for me to cover you or is it for the season for me to come with you?
2: Mm.
1: um, I love that. And that's where we have to, um, start because I myself have had hurt feelings because I'm like no I think she's so great I would love to connect with her and I want to be you know uh, mm-hmm. I want to do this with her and I want to do that with her and she's just amazing in her you know what she's doing and it was always a closed door
2: right? and
1: I'm like well what is this like what's going on like something's wrong with me we all always start to get um, offended or we walk in a fence or we feel like this person thinks that they're better or they don't have time for us or whatever the case may be well, when you start looking at it from a spiritual perspective and everything that you do is about the assignment for your life, you want relationships um, that are going to help drive that and that you can support and rally. Sometimes it's for me to rally you and support you from afar and to right. cover what you're doing, and it's not for me to come a part, become a part of it.
2: Right, right, and right.
1: And so i learned that. It's painful. Um, I want to share with the ladies that are listening. It's very painful sometimes because you see yourself with um, this particular person or persons. And I want us to challenge ourselves to stop getting into a circle of friends and women and start getting into a spiritual ring. And Mm -hmm. that is, I want to get in this fight with you. Because, see, when you do destiny with me, you need to get ready to fight. Right. Because I don't don't need – Women who are cute and can't fight
2: in
0: the spirit. Amen.
1: We're not going to go achieve the assignment on the other side. It's just like um, Caleb and Joshua and the 10 that went out. If you with me and when God sent them out, Moses sent them over to the promised land to spy out the land. If you go with me to spy out the land, because see, when we go on assignment, we were on tour, we were spying out the land. And mm-hmm. so when you go with me and you come back, your vision looks different. Ten of them said, "Oh, it's you know the land is great, but there are giants over there." But Elam right. and Joshua said, "Oh no, we're ready. Let's go. Let's take let's take <laughs> over." So you have to know who you send who's going with you, and right. what vision they have for the assignment that you're going to take over. And you got to know um that when you go with me it's not because we cute it's not because we um um dress nice it's those are great yeah i want to be cute and i want to be sly you know we got to stay together <laughs> but i want to be able to go over there and take off this unit this full unit
2: take out these
1: <laughs> and go and out a melee in warfare when an enemy is trying to attack the assignment yes i
2: don't need Yes. Hey, let
1: me go get. You know, I used to. I used to do accounting. You messed up in your finances. Oh, we can attack this um, demon. We're gonna mm-hmm. go against this, this um, <laughs> inefficiency for knowledge. We're gonna. I'm gonna go and get the resources to help you go out and not just buy out the land, but take over the land. And yes. So I don't need anybody trying to, I can't lead if I always got to watch my back.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: And so um, I need women um, and I don't always have to be in the forefront. Yes. Because yeah. when you are a leader, you know that there are other women around you who have greater strength in certain areas as you
0: yes. do. Yes. Yes. I, I was saying that to um, the the last lady that I had on the show. Like, in order to be a great leader, we also need to know how to be great followers.
2: hmm
1: Yes. And that's one thing. And, and as, as we, you know, I remember I don't always hold my hand
2: up.
1: hmm And people will say, well, you know, you're great at this. Why didn't you um, tell them you would do it? Some assignments, I raise my hand because... I'm in obedience and I'm saying, okay, I know I could be effective here. You know, this is a, a, where I need to be. The other time is I stand down because sometimes God is trying to do something in you. Hmm. Sometimes, you know, and, and then sometimes you're always seeing yourself. Well, sometimes God needs to see, um, other people to see that in you.
0: Right. Right.
1: And so, I... um, uh, no, go
0: ahead. So
1: that, so that that's where, again, McKinney, other people need to see that in you for that place. And also, sometimes we're so stuck on our strengths that God is trying to get something else out of us, right. and we won't. We won't let him do that because we're so stuck on the thing we're great at.
0: You know, it, it's funny you say that. I was speaking on a, a, a panel in uh, Washington about, um, you know, book publishing, and one of the ladies that stood out from the audience that asked a question, she was looking for media coverage. And I said, you know, everyone has their own way of doing things and and it's all great and all, but I have never had to pitch myself to any form of media. And I've been blessed to be on all of Canada's major uh, media platforms, um, many in the U.S. and some in South Africa, but it's never me putting my hand up saying, Hey, look at me. It's been someone else that's seen my strengths and, and wanted to, to highlight that.
1: And absolutely. Here's the deal. Um, people say, well, how do you do all these speaking engagements? How do you do all these things? And what I always tell you is that the game starts way before you get on the stage, way before you get on the court. Yes. And, it starts in practice, and for women who are looking to be on the platform or get on the stage, there's nothing wrong with it. What's wrong is the intent, and so one thing I've been reading and 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 not being overly spiritual, but I was reading in the book of Malachi where Malachi was telling Israelites about um you were giving God a sacrifice, you told God that you would give the Lord a sacrifice from your your um your strongest cattle, your strongest animal. Your, but what they did, they started giving sacrifice offerings from the crippled and the sick animals. Mm. And Lauren said, you said that you would give from your, your best. Right. And so it brought me back to on these platforms, you pray for all these things and you get exhausted and you're saying you're making God's name great. So it brought me back to what assignments are you taking, and are you giving God your very best offering?
2: Right, right, right. Are you giving
1: him your best sacrifice? And so it starts before you get to the speaking engagements, before you get to the panel, before you write the book, of really um, conditioning yourself in prayer. And my commitment is developing my prayer life in a greater way, Um, but prayer is my alt-control delete. It is my default setting. It's mm. not from a place of, oh, I know, it's the place of I know the difference between trying to operate in a workplace or in a business without a prayer life and then the changes that come with my prayer life.
2: Right.
1: And so it starts before you get to the stage. You begin to um, have those opportunities when you are prepared. When I right. say that means preparation breeds confidence. Preparing yourself, preparing your content, praying over your content, um, preparing for your the, the assignments that you're going to receive, the women that are going to be there, the lives that you're going to engage and encounter. And the impact. And transform. Yeah, like what is it that you're doing? And so it starts before then. You start to begin to put a business plan together, a strategy, who you're going to connect with. Pray about who you connect with. Pray mm-hmm. about the opportunities. Pray about the assignments. And prepare yourself. I cannot express enough about being prepared. Right. And when you are not prepared, uh, meaning putting your practical, tactical things together, your presentations, your knowledge, go ahead and start looking like what you see in your future. Go ahead and start practicing your delivery now. on the scene. No, we've been doing this for a very long time.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: And it's just now God is manifesting um, the seed as part of a harvest that you're reaping. And even in our harvest, it is still work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I want to encourage the women to know that you are pre-qualified and qualified or the vision that you see, and so you want to know. In order to meet that qualification, is going to take you putting in the disciplined
0: work. I, I, I'm, I'm like, I want to continue this conversation. <clears throat> I'm actually losing my voice all of a sudden. <laughs> it's like that church service where you're like, okay, don't end yet, don't end yet, don't end yet. <laughs> So I'm definitely going to have to have you back on the show, but I want to make sure before we do the, the final segment, like tell people where they can stay connected with you, where they can find you online, um, all of your socials.
1: Oh, absolutely. Now look for me at drkimberlyellison.com. That's com. That is my website. I would love for you to go and um, sign up to receive the resource guide. I have that for those who
0: um, like,
1: you know, Or they have concepts we don't know how. So this guy will help you with some of the
0: Okay, so um, (laughs) I ask this question um, because, I mean, it's no secret that stilettos are my favorite type of shoe, and it's not just for the aesthetics of it. I mean, it's got a lot of metaphors for me, um, especially because my, my goal is to walk in faith. But stilettos, you know, they they force me to walk purposefully and they force uh-huh. me to walk gracefully. <laughs> you know, yeah. they elevate the way in which I walk. So that is why they are my favorite shoe. But the, I read an article that said that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. Um, so I'm going to ask you, Dr. Kimberly. Uh, your what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it a, a walking shoe? Is it a high heel? It is like oh, is it a- it's definitely oh, it's
1: def- it's a high heel. Okay. Um, and it's definitely a high heel. And one of the things, my favorite thing is, I always wear. I I don't I don't really like flats. You won't catch me in them unless you know maybe I'm in the airport. But I always have my heels in my bag.
2: Mm-hmm. But it's a high
1: heel. And again, liken it to the fact that. When we check out the stride um, of another woman's heel, you don't know the journey she's been on. And I love um, just walking in a high heel. It makes me more confident,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: I feel more bold, um, and I show up with a with a presence about myself.
2: Right. And that's what
1: I would encourage you is to walk in the type of shoe that um, gives you the support of showing up as your best self every time.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I love it. So they say that, um, you know, women who love pumps, you are definitely boss women. So there's no (laughs) doubt about that. (laughs) Okay, so for the final uh, segment of the show, I call it a walk in her stilettos, where you inspire us even more from your walk. And I ask maybe one or two general questions. So I'm going to ask you, name a book that has changed and greatly impacted your life.
1: Um it's so many. Okay, so okay, just one? Yes. Okay. Um I guess I would have to choose uh Bishop T D J. Mm-hmm. It, um gosh, it's not destiny, it is the one with the animal instinct.
2: So instinct.
1: instinct changed my life. So okay. um ladies pick that up if you can. It is amazing. Change your life.
0: Okay. And uh, final question. Um, what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years?
1: <laughs> um I've become better at saying no to
2: friendships. Mm. Yeah. That's um, a good one.
1: Friendships that are not um advancing not necessarily me, but the assignments that we have together. Right, right. Um, just that no purpose. You know, friendships that just there, they serve no purpose. Um, just my time, like just just taking up, it's distractions. And right. So anything, yeah. So just saying no to friendships, not becoming friends or getting new acquaintances um, or strategic alliances, um, but friendships that are not not meaningful, and that can be detrimental
0: to your right. destiny. I, I think that's a great one because, I mean, oftentimes we can be friends with someone and they are amazing, amazing people, but mm-hmm. they're just not progressing or moving forward or evolving. Um, and it's it's hard to stay connected to someone like that mm-hmm. because it's either they they're pulling you back or you're having to, you know, drag them forward. I think that's, I think that's great. So, um, Dr. Kimberly Ellison, I want to thank you for ministering to us today. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate all of your wisdom and for Uh you taking the time to share with us. And I'm definitely going to have to have you back. So until, (laughs) until next time, um, Everyone out there, ladies, download the Awaka My Stilettos app where we share morning affirmations. And you can actually send us your affirmations and we will feature them for you. Uh, We share motivational quotes of the day. There's blogs, there's chat rooms, there's videos. Or subscribe to our newsletter at awakamystilettos.com. And we'd love to have a review of the podcast. What did you think of the interview? Give us your feedback. Like, you know, what, what what do you have to say about what you've learned what did you learn that you didn't know before so continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling